Well, I'm about to flip the script on you, so stick with me for, for just a moment, all right, as, as, as all the mamas get to sit down. So I recently read somewhere, who's kidding, I, it wasn't even an article, I was on Instagram, okay, that's, that's the kind of news I get these days, right, mama? I was scrolling um, the other day, and I, um, I happened to see something that probably led to an article, and it mentioned that Mother's Day should not be celebrated in the church um, because it excludes. And I was, I know, I, I, I was, you know, it stopped me dead in my scroll, too, to whoever said that. I was like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> This sounds a lot like cancel culture. What do you have against mothers, right? Like, what did we do to deserve that in my very shallow interpretation? And so I kept scrolling. Um, But days later, I was, I don't know, I kept coming back to that idea for some reason. Um, I just felt this, like, nudging feeling to just think about that some more and sit in that uncomfortableness that I was feeling. And so, um, as I kind of wrestled with that, you know, maybe it was my defensiveness or my lack of vision, here's what I came to understand in my wrestling. For so long, society and culture has told us that a day like today is to be doted on, right, mujeres, mothers, (laughs) right, to be lavished on, that we deserve um, to just do nothing. If we want to lock ourselves up and take the kids, Dave, it's my day. <laughs> um, that's, what, that's what society has kind of made Mother's Day to be. And, and I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, <laughs> I have been dropping hints for like the last month. Oh, you know, mama ran out of this or mama could use a could use some socks, you know, if you happen to find some on Amazon. Um, And so while there is something to be said, I I told you, stick with me, right? Like, don't get lost in in this message. There's something to be said about honoring the mothers that you saw here this morning. Like, that is a beautiful thing. In fact, God commands us to honor our mothers. And while they are very much deserving of that, we also acknowledge that for so many, a day like today is riddled with pain and trauma and grief and mourning. I mean, just this morning, right? It's been a roller coaster of a morning going to the cemetery and visiting my mother in law who lost her daughter just in December, right? I know we can all relate to that. And so in my wrestling, I've come to understand that it can be a a both and kind of day. It can be a day to celebrate these beautiful women. Maybe your beautiful woman is not in the room right now, whether that's your mother or your sister or your wife. But, and it can also be a day where we hold that, that tension, that, For so many, even in this room, today is not a happy day. Today is not a happy day. And so, um, 
I wanted for us to acknowledge that as a church. And so I'm going to ask those same mothers that stood up, um, because you are not only blood mothers to some in this room, but you are spiritual mothers. And so if you would just stand where you're at, um, we're gonna, I'm just going to lead us through a breath prayer. Um, and if you would just hold out your hands um, to receive. Yeah, just in a posture of receiving. This prayer may be for some of you, and it may be for some of the women that you know. And the rest of us, if you could also join with me um, in this prayer on Mother's Day. To the woman who lost a child, either physically, emotionally, spiritually, or mentally, God is your comforter. To the woman who is struggling through infertility, longing and standing in the waiting, God is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. To the woman who is standing in for another mother, loving and caring for children that are not her own, God is a way maker. To the child who lost a mother, either physically, emotionally, spiritually, or mentally, God is your peace. To the woman who has made mistakes and has been given a second chance at mothering spiritual children, God is full of grace and mercy. To the woman who struggles to model Christ to her children, to respond in gentle ways, God is our Redeemer. To the woman caring for her, her children on her own, God is your refuge. To the woman up at 2 a.m. feeding her newborn, God is your well of living water. To the woman who models Christ each and every day, who gives of herself without expecting anything in return, God is your sustenance. Amen. You may be seated. Church, I hope that as we engaged in this prayer, that we can see no matter what your circumstance is on a day like today, whether it is a happy day or a day full of mourning and sadness, that our identity is rooted in Christ. That is where our identity lies. May we live all of our days fixing our eyes on you, Father. You are where our help comes from. And isn't that the beauty of Testimony Sunday? Right? So even on a day like today, we can all partake in this celebration. That our identity is found in him. And so to prepare our hearts for Testimony Sunday. Um, I'm going to ask you to get up one more time. I feel like we're in Catholic church, right? We're getting up every five minutes. <laughs> You're going to exercise today. So would you join me if you are able um, to honor the reading of God's word? This comes from 2 Corinthians 
As we prepare our hearts, um, these words were from the Apostle Paul written to the church in Corinth. Uh, We'll start with verse 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Amen. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view, whether you are a mother or motherless. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Praise God for that truth. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Amen, yes. And all of this is a gift from God. That is why we are here today proclaiming his goodness, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, each and every single one of you in this room. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Jesus, we thank you for these words. We thank you for that um, commandment, that encouragement to proclaim, come back to God. God, we just pray that you would open up hearts this morning, um, well up inside of us. Bring about that courage and that boldness to speak what you have placed on our hearts, what you have been at work at in our hearts, God, so that we can proclaim your goodness, um, so that we can say, I am a child of God, despite whatever my circumstance is on a day like today, I have seen his goodness and faithfulness in my life. We are so grateful for you, God. Thank you for being in this place, and thank you for loving your church. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So I know there are some people in the room who have actually come up to me and been like, put me on the list next time. I got something to say, Jessica. So, I mean, I don't want to put you all on the, come on up, Scott. You know who you are. God will be moving in their hearts. Come on. Um, I have two testimonies I'd like to give to honor God, uh, so I'll try and be brief with both of them. Um, the first, I'd like to give glory to God today. My wife and I celebrate 23 years together, and um, <clears throat> we were talking this morning um, just about God's grace to us, and uh, I think 
Um, Over the years, you know, Veto and I have sort of heard a lot of people's response, I think because of our raising of ESA particularly and Kimmy and Emmy, that somehow we're more saintly than anyone else. Um, and I just would like to correct that by saying uh, it's really God who has sustained us in 23 years. Um, when we got married 23 years ago, uh, I was very scared. Um, as a child of divorce, I thought this isn't a foregone conclusion that we're going to last this long. Uh, my parents got divorced after 13 years. Uh, my brother had gotten divorced after 12 years. Um, it was not uh, guaranteed. And so I just want to give glory to God who has sustained us through a lot of challenges. Uh, being in a cross-cultural marriage is not any easier than any other. Dealing with infertility and adoption, and then obviously most recently our daughter's death. Those are all things that in the natural world don't make it easier, and a lot of people don't survive those realities. And so I just want to give glory to God that um, he has sustained us the way that he has. And uh, again, there's a lot of ways that God has done that, but just want to give glory to God for that. Um, the other testament I want to give is just, uh, it's, you know, I think often we think of God working in response to things we've longed for or prayed for, but I want to give a testimony of something that um, sort of God working through an ordinary situation to do something extraordinary, but not in anything that we had managed, um, imagined or hoped or even wanted to see, but just how God worked. Um, a few years ago, uh, we adopted a dog, and one of the things that comes with adopting a dog is caring for a dog. And um, that, for our dog, uh, means he's quite religious about, like, needing walks, and going out, and so we religiously walk him in the morning before we go for work or school, and then he is very religious about being walked in the afternoon and evening. Particularly, it doesn't count if uh, Vero and I don't walk him. So we can say, hey, Kimmy or Emmy, can you walk him? He likes that, that's nice, but it doesn't count. Uh, it, it, he, he still is like waiting for when we were doing this. So uh, as is our habit, we walk him around our street. And about three or four months ago, um, Beto and I were out on our afternoon walk with our dog. And we, as we were sort of doing, in our, our street, if you've ever been to our house, it's kind of remote. Like, there's not really actually anyone who walks on our street except us and maybe a few of our neighbors. And we kind of like that, to be honest. <laughs> but we were one day walking, and we came upon what basically appeared to be some sort of domestic dispute. Um, a woman and a man, we weren't sure, seemed to be having some sort of fight that was more than just a fight. And uh, I won't give you all the details of it, but we kind of intervened um, because we were there. <laughs> not because we were looking for the situation, not because even we knew what we were doing, actually. Um, ended up calling the police and saw kind of what came of that. But we didn't really see, we just, like, they, the way the situation went, they kind of ran off and the police were able to intercept them, and we didn't know what happened to them. It was kind of like a really weird, like we were a little shaken by it because it was so unusual. And I think we shared with a few people, but we were like, okay, God, like I don't even know what, what came of that. And I remember for a few days even praying, God, would you, we don't know what happened. It wasn't anybody we knew. And then like three weeks later, we get a knock on our door. And the woman who had been in the dispute was trying to find us. And she didn't even know where we lived. She was just going to houses on the street, hoping that somebody knew who we were. 
because she needed like our sort of testimony of what we had seen. She was trying to get a uh, restraining order. And it was just powerful for us to see like how God used something so ordinary. We go walking with our dog every day and it's never this exciting. Um, and yet, as she shared with us about what had preceded that incident and how that incident, and particularly for her, us intervening, how that was to her God speaking to her and helping her to find the courage to move forward. It was, it was just an, a, a moment of like, wow, God, like, I think of like loving your neighbor as things that I choose to do and made time for or whatever. And, and yet here was you working to, to intervene in this woman's life in a way that I think physically saved her. And I just want to give glory to God for that because it wasn't something that we were looking for. I still don't know what we, you know, how we came upon that time. But I think as she shared with us and then was able to, and we were able to pray with her and she was able to get a restraining order. But even more than the restraining or her having the courage to say, hey, I, this is something I need to finally kind of break free from and, and whatnot. So I just want to give glory to God for saving her life and using our dog in that story. Thank you, Scott. Two things came to mind as he was sharing that. This woman walking around, knocking on doors. It would be pretty easy to, like, describe your family. You know, this tall white guy and this trigueña hermosa <laughs> with a black dog. <laughs> um, no, but I really love what you shared about how, like, the small and mundane things, the regular day-to-day, -day and that God could use that. For his glory, I'm also reminded of like motherhood and how the day in and day out of like washing our kids' clothes and folding the same things over and over again and bathing them, like in those small things, he uses that to work in us. And um, yeah, so thank you for that reminder. Yeah, come on up. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's awesome. And thank you. Can we clap it up for Maite and our awesome translation team? There goes Vettel. Great job passing that along. I don't know how you guys communicated that. It's hard to, to see us back there sometimes. So, um, so Vero's going to jump in for me. So good morning, everybody. My name is Maite. I'm Anaya and Soraya's mom and Steven's wife. He's their dad. So... We're the family. So um, I wanted to give a testimony today because uh, it's Mother's Day, and the main way that I've been experiencing God in the last couple years has actually been through conversations with my kids. So a few weeks ago, my daughter, my older daughter, she, has, she struggles with anxiety. I do too. So we were kind of talking about it, and it wasn't really going anywhere. So I told her, like, you know, you can try and just put your hand on your heart and take a deep breath. And that could help. And Soraya, my five-year-old, said, yeah, because when you do that, you know, remember that God is inside of you. And God is not afraid. And Anaya was like, why not? <laughs> why is God not afraid? That didn't really make sense to her. And Soraya said, because he already died. So she, for her, it was, you know, we had been talking about Jesus dying. And I think it's harder for kids to understand, like, resurrection but she knew that Jesus died so she was like okay the worst thing happened like he's not afraid 
And so it really stayed with me, and I was thinking about it, that um, when the thing that you most fear happens, you don't have to be afraid of it anymore, right? And so this might sound strange, but this is a testimony about my faith dying. And that happened in a time in my life when I had a crisis in my marriage. We were hanging on by a very thin thread. Some of you know what that's like, like really thin. And also, um, Stephen and I were in a, around that time, we had gone away to school and we're in a church and the church split over LGBTQ issues and it was so heartbreaking to me to see the church turn on people that were friends and family. And then also the ministry that I had given my life to for like 10 years also went through a big fallout and I was so disillusioned and I felt betrayed and all of that happened around the same time in my life and just my own questions and seeing the people that I had hurt in the name of ministry and being right and doing things that, you know, felt like I'm just doing what I think should be done. So the cracks started widening and the answers that I would give myself or other people gave me stopped being good enough and it fell apart. And so the best way that I can explain it, if you guys know the little riddle like Humpty Dumpty, sat on a wall, had a great fall, nobody could put him back together, right? So that was like, I felt like I had a Humpty Dumpty faith at that time, like what happened here? So I knew that I had experienced something real and I wasn't going to let that go completely, but I saw a meme one time, speaking of God speaking through Instagram, (laughs) and it had a picture of Humpty Dumpty And um, it said, you know, not to victim blame, but what the F was an egg doing on a wall? And (laughs) that really spoke to me, because it was like, what else was going to happen? If an egg is on a wall, it's going to fall. So I felt kind of like this freedom, like, yeah. And I have now can say that I felt for me, it had to fall apart. It had to just die. Even in my marriage, I felt like it had to reach that point of almost losing it. And what I can say is that Jesus is with me now just as much as he was with me when I was on that wall. And everything is different. And even in the verse from this morning, like how differently we see him now, I see Jesus very differently now. I, The way that I see God, the Bible, church, what I'm supposed to do, what I need to do, everything has changed. But I believe that there's like a new Jesus that I'm experiencing and that there's life after death, even death of faith. And, um, and because there's the, this word that I really hold on to from the, the, the actually the Easter story when the women find out that Jesus died and then they go and they, they don't, they're just like, okay, well, back to work. Let's go wrap him up and embalm him. And that's what women do, right? They just keep going and they keep going and they keep going. And they met something they could not have even imagined. Like he's not there. He's alive again. It was not even in the imagination. So I feel like I'm discovering something that I couldn't have imagined. And that's really good. And it's weird. It's very weird because there's a lot of things I don't think anymore and a lot of things I don't believe anymore and even things that I'm sure I disagree with many of you guys about. But I think that it's coming to church is not about 
finding like the most number of people that agree with the most number of things that you mostly think about. So it's more for me about showing up where I think God has me show up. And that's where I think we're supposed to be right now as a family. And the last thing I'll say is I want to give this testimony today. You can always put it off. I'm always like, next time, next time. But one of the things I've learned through Stephen's recovery and 12 steps is that, you know, we just have today. Testimonies are only good for a day because we might not be here tomorrow. We might think different things. I'll, everything can change in a day. So I wanted to make that today that I shared this testimony. Thank you, Mother. Ooh, there's so much to unpack there. Thank you. I'm so I'm so happy that you came out of that that cueva back there, that cave, <laughs> and to share. Um, thank you for having that boldness. Something that stuck with me was just that, man, for you, Maite, in this season, a lot of your um, maybe interactions with Jesus come in the form of dealing with toddlers or um, young kids, because I think her, her kids are older than toddlers. But I know that, man, for us mamas in the trenches, <laughs> right, like, it is hard to experience Jesus or to have FaceTime as we know is good for us, but um, it's in those interactions with our children. The, the thing that brings me comfort, because y'all, being a mom to Ezra, Theodore is, uh, it is a challenge. <laughs> That's my four-year-old. And the only thing that brings me comfort is that, like, I'm just planting seeds, um, I'm planting seeds right now, and I don't know what they will look like, but it's so comforting to hear from a mom that's like a few steps ahead of me that, um, that you can interact with your children about Jesus. So thank you, Maite. Come on up, Gina. Y'all, I'm going to put Gina on blast. She told me I'm going to be your number three. So come on up, sister. <laughs> Okay, my name's Gina. <laughs> okay, so I'm in the Thursday ladies group. Um, on Thursday, two weeks ago, I didn't want to share because Allison was new to our group, or she had been there, I haven't been going. Um, and I was like, oh, um, I'm going to have to tell, she's going to hear my whole dirt, right? Because um, when I go, I just put everything on the table. That means I hardly ever show up. Um, but when I get there, I have six kids. I have six kids. And for the past two years, G, two years, about two years, I've been um, praying for my first two. Um, so we go around in the little circle. How's your life? How's everything going? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to, oh, um, I'm going to have to. I tell all my kids' names, so I'm like, well, Nelson's in rehab, he's doing good, Devin got his shit together, um, Jacob and Jackie are still arguing and fighting, but it's more calm now, they're not throwing down in the parking lot no more, Michael's Michael got his license, yay, um, Mary's still not home, so pray for her to come home, um, and, but, um, and then Mario, he's, um, He's doing a lot better than he was. 
So then we all start praying for each other too. What way is this? That, that way, to the right. So we all pray for each other and then G prays for me. G's my prayer chick right there. She, she, it was her turn to pray for me. And she starts praying for me and she starts saying, thank you, God. Um, Nelson is sober now. Nelson is, I was praying that he wouldn't go to jail, but I had to bail him out four times. So on that note, that's where all the money goes, Dave. Um, it's Nelson's money. I bailed him out. It was very expensive. Um, and the last time I didn't have no money, I couldn't bail him out. And I was like, shit, what am I going to do? So I wanted to borrow money. And then what, Devin, he says, no, you can't be bailing him out. That's all you do. You rescue him from everything. You act like you're his hero. And so I left him in there. I was like, shit, he's going to get his ass beat. He got some real smart mouth, worse than mine. Um, and so he, he calls me and he's like, I'm good, mom, don't trip. Um, but can you give me $40, right? So you know how that goes. If you've ever been in jail, it's like money, money, money. Um, so I did that. And so he was supposed to get four years. He didn't. He got some rehab program. He's in rehab right now. And he was like, Mom, I'm sober and I'm happy. And I'm programming. And this is what I needed. So that's one praise God. Um, I've been praying for many years. And then the other one was um, Devin. Devin's like a total hot mess, uh, tornado. He just drinks and he gangbangs. And so if you know what a gangbanger does, you just have lots of fun in the streets. You do like some way out stuff. And so he would get drunk. He crashed like four or five cars. And of course, his mother rescued him out of that as well. Um, and so he still drinks, but he has his shit together. I don't have to um, do what I do to help him make money to pay his rent. He pays his own rent. So that's another praise God. He pays his own rent, and he has two jobs. Um, so continue to pray for him. And if you haven't been praying for Devin, start praying for Devin. Um, and then Mary. Mary left the house, came back, and now she's gone. She's been gone for maybe a month, six weeks. Um, but I forgot the word, Veronica. What's the word? It's not worry, it's concern. So I, I, di I don't worry for them because I know that God is real. Um, God has seen me through and has seen them. So if you've been here long enough, I'm, I used to be a, a drive buyer. I would come, and as soon as somebody would say, you have to devote yourself to church, I would, like, take off. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, I'll think about leading a group. Yeah, I'll think about helping. And then as soon as I was asked that, I took off. Like, yeah, I'm not helping you guys. Um, but now I actually, for me, I'm also staying true and faithful and, and coming to church and praying and letting it all go. And I think in the midst of all this, even for, for me, Knowing that Mary's in the streets, she's probably gangbanging um, or whatever it is people do, right? She, she knows to come to me to ask for prayer, and she always asks me for someone's number. She'll say, give me Lorena's number, give me Isabel's number, give me somebody's number when she's down, and she says, I need prayer right now, can you please pray for me? 
So I'm a good mom because I realized I used to think I was a shitty mom, but I'm not for the simple fact that they know who to turn to when they mess up. They know where to go in spite of all the flaws they have. They know that all I have to do is stop, regroup, pray, and trust that God will see me through each and every moment. And so the same for me. I, God has always been with me. I can never deny that. And I know he loves me. And I know he loves you guys because even when we don't want to be here and we don't want to see some people because we don't like them for their person, we still come to church because we don't come for chisme. We come to hear your word, God's word. And so I think if we all stay faithful, even after two and a half years, I think for my boys, God answered my prayers. And if it wasn't for G glorifying God and praising him in the moment, I would have never realized that. So just stay faithful. It's not our time. It's his time. And he will see us through. He will guide us, love us, and protect us, and always be with us. Um, worship team, if you can start making your way up. Thank you. Gina, um, thank you for having the courage to share. G, thank you for walking alongside her. Like, if that is just not the most perfect picture of what Life Group is about. Um, what Gina just shared right now, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, as we kind of close up, church family, Every woman that we prayed for in that breath prayer, every one of those stories is a part of our spiritual family here. And so my encouragement is that we would have eyes like Jesus to step out of our comfort on a day like today. And even if they're not in that room, to just pray for these women. Maybe you have the courage to step out of your pew and to go pray for that woman if you know her story. Um, you know, as the um, prayer team comes to the sides, bring your story to one of us to carry that with you. You are not alone on a day like today. Um, and so we're going to go ahead and end with Alicia. Thank you. I'm so sorry to crash your closing. But I, um, so several months ago, um, I had shared that Naraya had had some blood work that looked pretty serious. Um, and we had done some repeat labs um, to make sure, just to see, like, are they still the same? And we just didn't know she was going to be referred to hematology. Um, and there was just a long waiting game. And every step of the way was so painful because it was like the labs weren't sent to the doctor. They weren't sent to the experts. They weren't, no one then told us once the experts reviewed it. And this happened like two times. Every step of the way, I had to call and push it along. But I just wanted to give praise to God that she's fine and that there's nothing wrong. So thank you for, for praying and for waiting with us. Praise God. Thank you for sharing that beautiful praise report. All right. Um, 
we're just going to have some one more person share. Um, Lucy just ha felt in her heart that she needed to share this, and so we're going to give her our ears and our heart right now. Thank you, and I promise it will be really, really, really fast. Um, I just want to honor Gina uh, because on the 20th of this month, I have uh, scheduled a really serious surgery, and it's supposed to be, you know, opening my stomach and being in the hospital for a few months with my stomach open, you know, to remove something that, it was, that is going in there. But I remember that I came to church right before my surgery, and Gina prayed for me. So the way that she prayed um, really made me switch my mind because she was praying about the doubts that I have, that, that God will be able to really heal me. And something switched, you know, at that moment, she just pray with so intense and so passionate about it that made me believe, you know, that, yeah, the doctors will be able to remove or say, well, this is the prayer that she made. I pray for the doctors to go in and stop the surgery. In Jesus' name. And that's exactly what happened. The doctors went inside and they stopped the surgery. They say, we cannot go in, it's kind of dangerous or whatever, but I feel since there that it's giving me a new opportunity for God to work on my doubts. And I want to thank that because this lady right there is very powerful. So if you really need or have those doubts, with prayer that you need to be healing or be clean from your heart, please approach her because she don't like to go around. Just go with her and make a line, okay? Thank you.